Thanks so much for spending your Sunday morning with us. If you're new with us today, don't forget to fill out our Connect card online at hopewintergarden.com. Just click on the I'm New tab or grab one at the info bar. Then stop by the info bar outside for your free gift. At Hope Church, one of our core values is that we are generous. If you are just visiting with us today, don't feel any obligation to give whatsoever. We're just so glad you're here. If you did come prepared to give, there are a few different ways you can do that. You can give online at hopewintergarden.com. You can text an amount to 84321, or you can drop your gift in the boxes located in the back of the auditorium. Thank you for your generosity. It is truly making a difference in our community and around the world. Now, we want to make sure you are up to date on all that is happening here at Hope Church for you and your family. Check out this week's Hope Happenings. Join us next week for the fifth Sunday in November service, Sunday Fun Day. A special gift pack will be available for all families as our elementary students will be joining us. And between services, we will have a cookies and hot chocolate bar available. You do not want to miss it. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at hopewintergarden.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We believe the best is yet to come. And our hope is that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Welcome to week two of our series. I could hear myself just fine, just because you guys couldn't hear me doesn't mean I wasn't doesn't mean I wasn't talking. I was talking. Hey, uh, we're glad you're here today. Can we put our hands together for our worship this morning? I love, love, love the talent. These men and women are are getting here early and they're leading us in worship. And one of our core values that we went through this morning in our team huddle was that we aim to please God and that's it. We aim to please God and that's it. And I just so, I'm so thankful that God, no matter what language we're singing in, that God can hear all of us at the same exact time. And uh, we're here to please him. That's all that we can do. That is the best thing that we can do is please the Lord. And so this morning I hope that the Lord was, was pleased with our, with our worship. I hope he was pleased with your worship. And if he wasn't pleased with your worship, if you, if you didn't give it your all, don't worry. We're going to come back and we're going to sing again in just a moment so you can get another, another shot. Hey, we're in a series called... Uh, generous, And I just believe that God has called you and I to be generous. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, the world of the generous, it gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy, it gets smaller and smaller. The one, verse 25, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. And we believe, one of our values at the church is we are generous. We just believe that we are generous because God has called us to be generous. And one of the reasons why we're, we know that God wants us to be generous because Jesus himself was generous. There's no other kind of generosity than the kind of generosity that would give, give your life for your friend. And Jesus did that for you and I. And so you and I, our, our aim is to be generous. Whether you have your time or your talent or your treasure, which is your resources, God wants every single one of you guys in here today to live a life uh, of generosity. And so it takes actions 
to do that. And so one of the things that we end our year every single year is we end our year with our Heart for the House offering. And you have an envelope underneath your seat. Why don't you reach on there and grab that? All I want you to do with that envelope today is take it with you and put it next to your rock. A lot of you guys, you took a rock with you guys last week and we preached this message on this idea of remembering what God did. And the second thing we talked about was releasing what God can do. And that happens through our through our generosity. So would you just take this envelope with you and uh, December the 6th will be our offering. Would you just pray and ask God what part that you would play in this, in this, um, in this offering? And every year... Uh, we've taken this offering every year. It goes up, and we're so thankful that it goes up because when it goes up, we're able to serve more people. Here's what I need you to know about this church, and here's what I need you to know about our community. The needs are never going to run out. The needs are never going to run out. There's never, the, our, our vision, our vision to reach this city and our vision to serve and to love this city, it's greater than the amount of resource. So we'll always need more resources in order to change in order to change the world. Jesus talks about that in Scripture, and we're going to talk about that today. But when we have resources, we get to go out and we get to change. We get to change the world. Um, I'm going to preach this in just a few weeks to you, but th- this idea of this, that God gives you and I the vision. Where God gives Diana the vision and gives us the vision to go out and to change the world. He, it's all throughout Scripture. It's not like a super spiritual thing. He tells us to help people. That's what he, t- he put us on this earth to help people and to connect them to all that he has for their life. He tells us to do that. And so that's not, a, that's not a thing. So here's the deal. God gives you and I the vision, but you and I, we determine the speed of the vision. We determine the speed of the vision, how we're going to accomplish what we're God's called you and I to do. And so um, would you just take this and would you pray? Don't pray. The, don't, don't, don't ask yourself the question, what can I do? Don't ask yourself the question, what can I do? Ask yourself the question, what can God do? How can God use me? How can God use me in this, in this offering? Last, last year we... We collected on, De- on December 6th last year, whatever the date was, we collected $100,000 in, in one Sunday. And I'm so thankful for that. I was talking with our men this week, and I said, man, I'm really praying. And, and I, have two, I have two numbers, and, and um, he's like, well, they're like, what are they? And they're like, um, and, I, and I was telling them the numbers and just asking them what God would do. And so we're praying and believing that God, on December 6th, that we could take an offering of $150,000. And here's what we're going to do with that and on that Sunday. And I believe it could be more. I believe if we all do what God calls to do, we'll do a, abundantly more than what we think or what, what we think that possibly could happen. Because every year what we ask for, we, we go over that number. And so we're believing for more um, this, this, this year. And so uh, there's three numbers that were kind of, um, that I gave you last week. The first number is it's number 20%. We, we believe that 20% needs to go right out. It needs to go right out. Next week we'll have friends of ours in, in town. I have a meeting uh, this week with another organization that's healthy, helping um, people who are they're being rescued from trafficking. And I got a meeting this week, and there's a lot of need in our city. And I got a call this week from Matthew's Hope, and um, we're gonna have a partner. Um, I'm gonna show you a video in just a moment from uh, from a from a partner of ours uh, in Venezuela and the devastation that's happening down there. And so our need our need is great, but we always give our 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 value is is the tithe. We believe in tithing, so usually we give away 10. percent but the last three years of our church, we've really not become a tithing church. We've become a 20 church. We've become a 20% church. And so, and we've just been giving above and beyond. And we believe God calls us to do that. We Tithing is, a, is obedience. We believe God wants us to be generous. So we're going to give 20% away to missions. We're going to give 20% away to ministry. And um, we're praying and believing that we can hire someone to lead our next generation. Our next generation ministry is growing. Last week the pizza lady came in. And we're so thankful um, that she came in because we give away pizza every week to our students. And um, we gathered our money together. And the lady came in. And I'll show you the video in a couple weeks. But we gave the lady a $160 tip. 
And um, it changed her life, I'm, I'm sure. It changed her, changed her night. And she walked out of there with, crying and grabbed her phone. I'm, I don't know who she was texting, but she was like, you're not, I'm sure she's like, you're not going to believe this. And we just believe in, in, in generosity. We always tip good, but that was above and beyond. And we just believe that God wants our students. Our students are a huge part of what we're doing. And it's a growing area, and they need us. They need us. If we don't pour into the next generation, here's what I know. I got a text message from some of our group leaders. The things that our kids are sharing with us, uh, if, you have, if you don't have kids or it's been a while since you have kids, what the world is teaching our kids is completely opposite of what the Bible teaches. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking for us and it's frustrating for us. And so we believe that we have to put more resources into that. And the Bible says that where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. And our heart is in our next generation. And I, I hope you guys are down with that. If you're not, get, on, get down with that. <laughs> Because if we, don't, if we don't give them the gospel, the world's going to give them something else, and they'll buy into that. And so the things that we're seeing and that we're experiencing that we're ministering to with our students is really devastating. And so we want to make sure we pour our resources into that area. And then 60% we believe go, is going to go into future um, expansion uh, for this church. And uh, we don't believe that we're going to be in the YMCA forever. A lot of people ask us that, that question all the time. Are we going to be in the YMCA forever? And uh, we, we can't be here forever. And um, I don't believe that's what God has. I don't believe that's what God has for us. And we'll stay as long as he wants us to stay. But I just don't believe this is where he wants us to be forever. And so we have to, if we don't put away and we don't store up for when that season comes, we're going to miss the season. And um, we've helped a lot of churches. I'll tell you about that in two weeks. We've helped a lot of churches in this season help build out their churches. We're helping churches build out churches when we don't have one. And so I just believe that's what, that's what generosity does. That's what giving does. And so we're believing that we're going to help these other churches and then one day when we're ready, we want to be ready. A lot of churches, they never get to their future home because they're not ready. And so we believe that God wants to be ready. So 60% will go to future expansion. Um, uh, last, year, last week I told you guys we gave away 70,000 meals uh, last, last year, which is pretty cool. Um, and then I asked you guys to bring in uh, supplies for um, Thanksgiving. And you guys brought in um, over 50 meals, uh, turkeys um, with a partner of ours in town, par- turkeys and meals. I mean, you guys brought so much stuff in. You guys gave away better meals than I'm going to eat on Thanksgiving. I feel like the bags were so heavy. And one of the things about you guys, when we ask you guys to do things, we don't count the cost of how much work it's going to cost us after you bring it here. So you had to bring one bag or two bag. We had to move 40 bags. It was so heavy. You guys loaded those things up with, with, with so much stuff. And we dropped those off at the school, and they're really, really blown away. Um, and then yesterday, um, you guys don't know this because, um, because I'm going to tell you right now, but um, one of our friends who goes here on our dream team, her and her husband decided – they were going to give away 300 turkeys yesterday. And I'm like, yo, that's cool. The problem I have with that is I want to be a part of the generosity. <laughs> I want to be a part of what God is doing. And so I, I called Takesha. I'm like, Takesha, tell me about these turkeys that y'all are giving away. Like, how did y'all get these turkeys? And she's like, oh, we don't have them yet. <laughs> I said, you don't have them yet? She said, we don't, have, we don't have all of them yet. She goes, we just got a donation for $1,000. And I'm like, man, praise God, that's so awesome. And I said, so how, much, how many more turkeys do you need? She goes, we need 100 more turkeys, and they've worked up a deal. I don't know how they got it with, with Publix and Audi for a dollar a pound. And so we were able to help. Um, we, so you guys, yesterday you bought and, and we bought, and uh, Takesha and her family, they gave away over 100 turkeys just yesterday. And that's for people who, it was a drive through I saw the videos, and maybe you'll see them on our social this week. But they're just, people are driving through, and they're just throwing turkeys in the car. I thought about driving through a couple of times, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're just giving stuff away. We're just, we're just serving people. Jesus fed a lot of people. While he was on this earth, and I believe that you and I, we, we have to feed a lot of people. And we believe that if we feed people, then we can get an opportunity to connect them to Jesus and all that he has for their life. And so we were able, we were able to do that, 100 turkeys yesterday, while you were doing whatever it is that you were doing, 
Uh, we gave away 100 turkeys yesterday, and we'll continue to do more. Ray goes to our church, he and his wife, B, and um, they have um, Ray People's Ministries on Instagram, and they're at food pantries every single week, and we were able to, to um, partner with him for this next, um, for their giveaways for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we're going to continue to do a lot more, and it uh, wouldn't happen uh, without, your, without your generosity, so thank you. I do want to show you a video really quick, and then I'm going to preach myself empty. Um, but we have friends that came last week, last year, I'm sorry, this time last year, um, from India. And uh, Pastor uh, Kirk and Violetta are a part of an organization called Hope Partners. And they go into impoverished areas and they serve. And they serve young girls who are being trafficked. And they're pulling them out of being trafficked in India. And that's where they're at. But he has a daughter who's in Costa Rica. And they've been serving for nine years. And we don't partner with them yet. But I believe that God's kind of putting on our hearts to start helping them. Before we even help them, they're trying, as they need help, but they're, they're right next to Venezuela. And what's going on in Venezuela is really, really tough right now, really, 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 really bad. And they are, they're asking for help for their partners and their other partner, their other Hope Center in, in Venezuela. And so we're going to help them. Um, we're going to help them. I just believe that God's put something in our heart to help them. And um, Michelle is um, from Venezuela. We've been talking about Venezuela for a, a couple of years now. And, and what they, they send food over and boxes of stuff there all the time, and there's super, super uh, great need in Venezuela. Let me show you the need on the, on the video screens. My name is Julio Gonzalez, and I am originally from Venezuela, but I live now in Costa Rica with my wife Ashley and our three children. Nine years ago, we lived in Atlanta, Georgia, and we decided to move here to San Jose, Costa Rica to start a church and a hope center, a community center uh, focused on helping at-risk children and their families, and we feel very blessed that we get to do this kind of work. But today, I'm here to talk to you not about Costa Rica, but about Venezuela. A year ago, I was fortunate to forge a partnership with a longtime friend named Luis Rea, who leads an amazing work, now a fully functioning Hope Center in Barquisimeto, Venezuela, four hours away from the capital city of Caracas. Our team, led by Luis Rea and a group of dedicated staff and volunteers, remain more committed than ever to carry the message of hope in the name of Jesus to the people of Venezuela. We are bringing hope to over 700 families through our Hope Center. We are bringing hope through food distribution, medical care, education, mentoring. And we're working on a sustainable farming project that we're really excited about. Most importantly, we are sharing the good news of the gospel, providing Bible studies, prayer, and spiritual counseling for the people that we serve in Venezuela. All of this in the most adverse situations and restrictions and shortages. The place where our Hope Center is located is only a few miles from the house where I grew up for 21 years of my life. And when I see these images that we're showing you, I ask myself, how did we get here? When did everything go so wrong? How can we fix so many problems how can we create a better future for these people? And to be honest, I don't have the answers to any of these questions. But I do know that God has not forgotten them. I do know that we at Hope Partners remain more committed than ever to reminding them that God has not forgotten about them. That is why we're trying to raise about $15,000 for a sustainable farming project. We're trying to raise about $2,000 in monthly operations and I hope that you will consider joining us somehow in this effort.
Well, we have an opportunity to help 700 families every single month at their Hope Center. And I just think that would be so awesome. I emailed them this week. I'm like, how far are you guys off on this goal? Because I've had this video uh, for a while, and they said that they've raised 5000 of the 15000 5000 of the 15000 and they've only, um, they're at $1,000 a month. And that's such a, that's such a huge number for them. If you had, we had to raise money to start this church. It's hard to raise money. It's really, really hard. To, honestly, it's really hard to raise money from, for church, from churches. It's really hard to raise money uh, from churches. And so uh, we, could, we could eradicate that whole goal that they have in, on December the 6th. We could give them 17 or 27000 We could do that. And will we do that? I don't know. If we all do what God's called us to do, then we'll see. If you're in here today and you're trying to figure out what all this means for you and uh, what part you're going to play, I had a message from a guy last week. He goes, I love, I love this message. I've never heard messages like this before. He goes, we're gonna, they live in New Jersey. He goes, we're going to help be a part we're going to help be a part of what God is doing in, in your city. And so we're super thankful. We want everybody to play a part in this. If you're in here today and you're like, man, I'd love to be generous. I would love to try that. Like I've never, ever, I don't have that. Like I'm, I'm not a generous person. And, and in this room here today, there are people who are generous people. And like it's just what they do. It's who they are. And there's some people that it, it's worked for them to be generous. And so if you're like, I'm going to try to be generous. I want to learn more about generosity. You're here for the good. You're here for um. You're, you're here at the right time. Here's what we know about generosity, or here's what generous people know about generosity. Generous people know this. God is sovereign and he owns everything. People who are generous know that God is sovereign and God owns everything. And so Diana, we live our lives based upon the fact that we know that God's in control and God owns everything that's out there. God, God owns it. Here's the second thing that generous people know. Generous people, um, that, well, they, that's, that's the big piece. And, and I told you guys last week that they, generous people, they never run out. And so here's what we believe, that God's given us this huge vision and we believe that our generosity will determine the speed of that vision. Luke chapter 9, I want to show you a message on sovereignty, the sovereignty of God. And I want to show you a message that I think will help you. I, God really punched me like in the gut literally about an hour ago, right before I got up here. And he said this to me. The people in your church hear you, mess, hear you preach messages all the time about generosity and about God doing incredible things in their life. But they're not experiencing the incredible things that you're talking about. You follow me? Like there, are people, like, there are people in your church, they hear you preach messages on generosity. They hear you talk about what God can do in life, but they never, ever experience it. And I think that they don't experience it because we bottleneck up the generosity. We, 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 block, we block the blessing. And you don't even know that you're blocking the blessing. So this message is imperative today because some of you guys, you want your world to get larger. And you want things, God doing incredible things in your life, but you're like, you're not experiencing it. And the reason why you're not experiencing it is not because of God. It's really because of you and I. It's, it's really because of we're really stopping the blessing from happening in our life. And, I don't, and it's my job to teach you that you're actually, you're actually the cause of missing out on the blessing. You're, you're being a, a blessing hater. And you don't even know it. Like you're blocking, you're blocking the blessing. So in, in, in the Bible, there's a story about the same exact thing that we're talking about right now. In Luke chapter 9, the Bible says this. When the apostles, they returned, or the disciples, they returned, they told Jesus everything that they had done. They told Jesus about everything that had happened, and then he slipped quietly away with them toward the town of Bethsaida. Now you're like, well, that's rude. They're telling a story, and Jesus begins to walk away. Well, they had just came back. If you follow the scripture, Luke chapter 9, they had just came back. He had just given them power to go out and do miracles and to feed people and to serve people and to help people. And now they're back. They're like, Jesus, you won't believe what happened. And he's like, yes, I will believe what happened. I gave you the power to do the things that you were out doing. And their minds were blown. And he begins, he's like, Jesus says, guys, I'm tired. Let's head over across the lake. Now the Bible says that, verse 11, the crowds found out where he was going 
and they followed him there. He welcomed them, and he taught them about the kingdom of God, and he healed the people that were sick. Now, one of the things that you don't know about this story that's really, really cool is this, is that all the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all of them, they thought this was so important that all of them put this in, the, in, in, their, in, their, in their gospel or their, their, their story, the, the story that God told them to tell. All four of, the, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all put the same exact story in, 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 their, in the gospels, all four of them, okay, which the gospels is the life of Jesus. So they all tell this story. They get in a boat, and they head to the other side, and it's not far. The people see Jesus going to Bethsaida, and they begin to walk around the lake. Like, we're going to go get them. Jesus like, I need a break. I need some rest. I need to fast. I need to pray. And they begin to follow him around. Well, they get to the other side. He gets off the boat, and he heals the people. He helps them. He does all the things that he tells you and I to do for people. And then it says in verse 12, late in the afternoon, it got late, the 12 disciples came to him and they said, send the crowds away to nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There's nothing to eat in this remote place. He's like, I love the disciples too. Like, which disciple had to go tell Jesus to close the party down? Like, you never thought about that before. You know, like, I, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. It, it would have been me. I think Peter was probably the seven. Like, Peter didn't tell Jesus, like, Peter loved to party. Like, he, didn't, he wasn't the guy that went and said, hey, they got to go. Hey, hey, they, my dad used to say the same. You don't got to go home, but you got to get the heck out of here. Like, he used to tell my friends that. You know, he's, he said it a little bit different, but you get the premise. Like, he's like, you got to go home. And he tells Jesus, hey, Jesus, you need to tell your people they got to go home. Like, they can't stay no longer. It's getting late. The, we, the, we read on a little bit further, and he says this. There is nothing to eat, verse 13, but Jesus said to them this, you feed them. Like, you do it. <laughs> I love Jesus. He's like, you don't talk to me like that. You feed them. And they're, and they're like, uh, here's what we got. We don't got a lot. Like, we don't got, they, there's this little boy there. The Bible says we only have these five loaves of bread and these two fish. They answered, are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole entire crowd? Because there's 5,000 guys there. And at this time, they only record the men. We've come a long way since then, ladies. I know that's right. And they'd only record the men in the scripture, and they finally get it together. And it's like it's over ten to 20,000 people that they're going to feed. And the disciples are like, we only got a couple of fish and a couple of bread. We ain't going to make it. Now, if you've been in church long enough to know, you know this wasn't even theirs. This came from a little, a little boy who was bringing lunch or bringing dinner back for his family. Jesus said this, tell them to sit down in groups of 50 each. Now, there's a whole message in here on community because in everything I preach, there's always a message on community. But he's like, hey, I want you guys to squat up in groups of 50. On this side of the room, there's 50 chairs. On this side of the room, there's 50 chairs. And so literally in here today, he says, get them all lined up. God's a God of order, by the way. Like that's just freebie. For all of you guys that are watching online that are taking like extensive notes on paper and pen, God is a God of order. If we do what he says, if we do what he tells us to do, then he will do what he's going to do. If we're obedient, then he blesses. All the things that God tells us, if, we're, if we do what he tells us to do, like all the things are go the way they're supposed to go. But whenever we do the wrong things at the wrong time, then the, we deal with the circumstances or we deal with the consequences of those issues. And so we meet these little kids that come into our youth group every single week and we're trying to help them go the right direction so we don't have to rehab them later. We're trying to be proactive with them, which is why we try to fill up rooms. In all of our environments, we try to fill up rooms because the bigger the rooms that we fill up, the more we can share the gospel. So he gets them all divided up and they're in groups of, they're in groups of, the Bible says they're in groups of 50 men and women and they're all, all lined up and he says, sit down, and verse 15, so the people sat down, 
Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up toward heaven and he blessed them. Then breaking the, the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. I love verse 17. I want to preach verse 17 like all the time. Verse 17 says this, they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. They ate as much, they ate as much as they wanted. Like there, there was nothing left. They all were full. Like they got seconds. How many of you guys next week on Thursday, you want to get seconds? Like, yo, I want all the seconds. I got an issue when I have Thanksgiving because both of my families live in Central Florida. So I go to Thanksgiving lunch at my mother-in-law's house, and then I go to dinner at my mom's house. Now I'm smart, so I don't eat a lot at my mom's house. I don't eat a lot at my mother-in-law's house because you know moms, moms be watching you eat on Thanksgiving. They want to see if you like it, you know, like they want to see like, but you can't eat too much because my mom's like, is Diane not feeding you? You know, like you got to be careful. She's like, everybody loves Raymond, you know, she's, she's kind of tough. So I just can imagine myself tonight and, or at this story, and here comes little Timmy with his lunchbox. Just minding his own business, going home, doing life. And he's just going where he's supposed to go. And he's got bread, he's got fish, and he's walking home. And the disciples are like, yo, we need to check your bag. <laughs> like, we're going to need your, we're going to need that. And they open up that, that bag, and back then there was no MSG. <laughs> like, none of the things that we, like, all the, ba- like, it was good bread and good fish. And he was going home. And I don't know if, if this was his, if it was his family's meal. I don't, I don't know all the dynamics of the story. All the, the writers don't write that. They don't talk about what happens to the kid after he leaves. None of those things happen. But I do know this. It was his, it was his food. We're in agriculture time. His parents had worked, gave him the money. He went and got the food. And, and he was headed back home and said, well, we're going to need that. Now, what did that fight look like? <laughs> I'd be like, you're not taking, like, I, you're not having my food. Like, you're not, you ain't having my stuff. We were preaching on tithing. We're not preaching on tithing, but if we were, like, I could just see the, the tension there. Like, no, this is mine, God. And God's like, no, that's mine. And, and God owns everything. That's what ge- generous people know, that God owns everything. And so they have this little bit of fish and a little bit of, little bit of bread. And, and, they're, and, and this guy says, hey, here's my meal. God, all I have, God, all I, all I have, or Jesus, all I have is this. And that, he took it. And there's such a lot of, there's so many principles in this passage of Scripture. And, and I want to give you just four of them that I see here. And here's the first thing. Is that we, we have to give first. We give first. Like, this guy was walking, and, and now remind you, I don't want anybody to get sideways. God's sovereign control the universe. We've already preached that point. That point's there. But this boy is walking, and he's just minding his own business. And Jesus, I need that. And that little boy, he gave, he gave first. He gave what he had. He, he, he took it. And then after, after he gave it to Jesus, you and I, we're going we're gonna to give on December 6th. Or hopefully you wake up tomorrow and you give and you serve and use your time and your talent and your treasure. Hopefully everything, hopefully you're one big give. Hopefully you are. I, lo- I love going to dinner with, with Matt because he always buys. I made a deal with him. I said, Matt, we got to get like on a 10 to 1 ratio. He's like, I said, every time you buy 10, I'll buy one. <laughs> I just got to like find a way to get in there a little bit. If I get in a little bit, you know, like maybe he'll... I was out to lunch with a friend of mine last week, and she's uh, super, 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 super generous. She said to me, if I retire tomorrow, she's younger than me. She said, if I can retire tomorrow and never work a day in my life again. You know what she said to me? She's super, super generous because the world of generous gets larger and larger. She said this. She goes, a lot, she goes, there aren't a lot of people who are generous to me. We always try to get the ticket before she, she gets it. So we, we, 
we have to give first. We're, we're, you and I, we're, we're called to give because everything that we have, God owns it all. So we're, we're called to give first. And then here's the second thing, that God sees this little gift that they, this little boy gives, and then God blesses it. And it becomes a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread, and they feed over 5,000 men. 10 to 20,000 people, some theologians think. And they feed a lot of people that day. Because when we give first, then God can, then God can bless. I see so many people say, man, I want God to bless me. I want God to bless me. But it starts with the give first, and then God blesses. You know, we sit around sometimes, we have our hands, and we're like, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. And God's like, yo, it starts. God's a God of order. I said to you first, it starts with the give. It starts with the give, church. And then after the give, then comes, then comes the blessing. And here it doesn't, it doesn't have to be everything. It doesn't have to be a lot. All those things don't really matter. I, 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 if I need props or use something to teach, I always call Matt. If I need something from Ace, I say, hey, Matt, I need something from Ace. He works at Ace. He gets a discount. It's a hefty discount from it because he buys everything I need. He's <laughs> like, I need, I owe you some money. He's like, no, it's okay. Give it back. You know. It's not, because it's not about giving, it's not about like all this, it's not about crazy amount. Things. I'm like, I can't give that much. You have something to give. And so we, we give first and, and then God blesses. And so the Bible says that they gave out the, they, that little boy gave this, and then God blessed it, and then they all ate, and then, the, then, the, then they took it all back in, and there was more. And then we, we give again. So we give first, and then God blesses, and then we give again. You're like, I don't like where this is going, Wes. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, it's really awesome. Like, I don't know about you in here today. Someone said, hey, karma caught you. I don't believe in karma, but I do believe in reaping and sowing. Sowing and reaping and reaping and sowing, like those, that's a real thing. That, that's real. If I pour into my marriage, the, 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 there's, there's reaping and sowing can happen in, in my relationship. If I pour into my relationships, then they grow and I grow, reaping and sowing, reaping and sowing. If I work out and tear my muscles on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, they will begin to heal back stronger than what they were on Saturday and Sunday because you have to give in order to grow. You give and you grow. So we give first, and then God blesses, and then we give again. And here's the cool thing about my God is that it doesn't just stop there. Because you're like, oh, that's where it's going to stop it because God wants all my stuff. God doesn't want all your stuff. Only people that want all your stuff are people who don't have anything. And Jesus owns everything. And I always find myself in attention talking about giving to a church that's very generous because it's one of our values. It's really hard. But I think some people, they're not, you're, not in on the, you're not in on the story yet. And I want to invite you to be in on part of the story. I just want you to try it a little bit. I want you to try a little bit. And then here's, the, here's, the, here's where it gets good. It gets better and gooder. After we give first, then God blesses, and then we give again. She's like, she, he talks like my dad. That's what she's thinking. He talks just like my dad. Then God blesses us again. So it all starts with just, this kid's just minding his own business. And he gives this. And then God blesses it, 50, 50, 50, and they go on feeding. They were given seconds and thirds. The Bible says they were eating until they were full. And then after that, they collect 12 baskets. Whitney. Twelve baskets. Like, how do we go from there to here? Preachers love preaching about that. There to here, they love that. It just sounds good. From there to here. I... You guys, I think you guys get the point. This isn't for me again. This is for you guys. Already read it. Already read the story. The illustrations always look so good in my head. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 
OCD, so I got to make sure they're straight. And you, you get it. You, you totally get it. We, how do we go from right here to having over 12 baskets left over? Only God. Only God could do. Only God could do that. Like, I, we, I couldn't manufacture that. They, the, the guys like, Jesus, it would take us, we're not going to have enough. It would take over a half year's wages to go out and to buy enough food for all these people. We ain't got a half year. They're hungry right now. We go from here to there. I, I saw this when I was preaching this, and I sent this to Gabe, and I was like, I think this is going to make sense. But I believe that giving first, it's really, a, I really see here that it's, it's tithing first. There's a principle in here for us, you and I. And if you're not tithing, then you can't receive the first blessing. That's there. And again, it's not a message on tithing. This is the word. This is the word I saw. In a, tithing's not in this passage of scripture, obviously. But I see a tithe here. I, we give our first. We give our first. We get paid on Friday. We, I give first. He gets paid on Friday, and we give. That's what we do. We always, we, we give first. That's what we do. I get paid on Friday. That's the first thing I spend on Friday. First thing I give. And then God blesses us. Always blesses us. We give again, and then God blesses us again. I referred a friend on a, a business deal the other day, and he's like, hey, I got a gift for you for doing that. It was $1,000. And I was like, come on, God. And my son says, I really want those shoes. I like those shoes. The shoes he's wearing today. I said, I'm going to buy those for you. He said, God, you can't afford it. He said, I know I can't. <laughs> Someone gave me a gift, and I want to use it. I want to use it on you. Thank God the twins, they're not smart enough to realize the, the, the equality of the gifts. So their gifts were a lot cheaper. I was like, I'm buying you something too. God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you. Sometimes I feel like Oprah. I'm like, God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you. So I bought the one, one a $10 toy, one a $6 toy, and the, and the one a $70 toy. Because I, I want to I wanna just, I want God to get it through me. I want my kids to get generosity. I don't want to stop with just me. So I'm going to say, hey, God bless me this. And I'm able to give part of this to God, and then I'm able to give part of this to you, and the Bible tells that the world of generous gets larger and larger and larger. Stingy people, stingy people, the Bible says their world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Generous people never complain about, they, generous people never run out of stuff. I want you to be generous. I want you to, I want God to bless you, and I want him to bless you again, and again, and again, and again. We're going to sing Waymaker, and I want to let you know today that in your life, if you're not trusting God as the Waymaker, it's going to be really hard for you to understand this. This isn't going to make any sense. This is this right here, this we give first, then God blesses, and we give again, God blesses. This is God math. It's not human math. So if it doesn't make sense, don't be mad. Don't be frustrated. Don't be like, oh, my goodness, I don't do that. Get in get in the game. So God can really bless you. I hear so many people say, God bless me. Like, yo, you're not doing the first part, so God can't bless you in the second part. And if you can't do this part, then God can't bless you. Like, God wants to bless you. I don't want you to block the blessing that God has for you. I want him to be a provider for you and a way maker and a prom. I, I want to do all those things, but it starts with our obedience. This little boy just says, here, this is what I got. This is what I got. And God's like, well, look what I got. I almost forgot. Let me give you this one last thing. Stay in your feet. Every single one of you guys in here today, write this down, or if you're watching online, say, we love you. Take a picture of it. You have what it takes to be part of a miracle. You have what it takes. We all have what it takes to be part of a miracle. Every single one of us here today have what it takes to be part of a miracle. My son has, my son has a, has what it takes to be part of a miracle. I have a, I have what it takes to be part of a miracle. It's not all about all of us giving the same exact thing. 
It's all about us giving what God tells us to give. It's all about us doing what God tells us to do. You have a part. You, you don't have to give everything, but you have to give something. We all have what it takes to be a part of a mirror. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes right where you're at all across the way. Would you ask God right now to speak to you in your heart? Would you ask God right now, if you're in a, if you're in a season of life where you're like, I have a hard time trusting God with everything that I have, would you ask God right now to help you to trust him? Because this really, this is a sermon really about trust. Would you say, God, I'm going to trust you with my resources. I'm going to trust you with my mind. I'm going to trust you with my thoughts. What every area of your life that you will trust God in, that is an area of life where God will bless you in. So let's not leave things on the table that God can do. God, would you right now, would you give a supernatural impartation of the Holy Spirit into every one of our lives today that would encourage us to be the kind of people that God calls us to be? Would we be obedient? We get that you've called us to do something so much greater than just consume and to take and to, and to take in. Lord, but we, we realize that you've given us all that we have so that we can bless other people, so that we can help other people. Yeah.
So we declare that that is who you are in our lives, God, the way maker, the miracle worker, like we heard today. God, all of us have the ability to be a vessel for your miracle working power, God. And so we believe that in our lives today. We trust that. Let it be so. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys are dismissed. We love you so much, and we will see you next week.